I kind of think of what an acronym for this LSU, like love saves us. Lord saves us. Got it. The Lord saves us. I like it. Yeah, let's, I just want to take a few questions. If you have any questions about a scripture that you're puzzled about, maybe if I can help, or if you have a situation in your life that you want to make sense out of, or if you have a dream, because for some reason God has given me a way to, I can't always do it, but when sometimes, sometimes people tell me, they'll tell me their dream, as they're speaking, I get the interpretation sometimes. So if you have a dream that you, you're wondering about, maybe I can help you there, but... Um, so let me know. Yes. I mentioned when you talked about rest, resting in the Lord, no matter what you're going through, or I prefer to say growing through, because the Lord is with you, so you're growing through. Yeah, I like that, growing through. Not going through, yeah. growing through it. I like that. If you allow yourself. A lot of people here know about my cancer situation, and I had a recent uh, EDG done on Thursday, still cancer-free now for two years. Awesome. And... I've seen many cancer shirts out there that I wouldn't buy, but when I saw this one, so you can see it, it says spread the hope. Awesome. My hope is Jesus Christ. Yes, that's, that's awesome. That's what I want to spread, yes. is Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life in many situations. Oh, man, so that's awesome. So this is my hope shirt. This is not my cancer shirt. That's awesome. This is my hope shirt. That's awesome. Spread the hope. That's awesome. So cool. So cool. As y'all know, James is from Florida, so we were, and our daughter lives in Florida, a few miles from James. Yeah, not far. And uh, so, of course, we were very concerned about what was happening during Irma, and um, um, I, I wanted to share this with you, especially James, but as a witness, um, uh, the last text I got from James, he had moved his family into a hotel and he had sent a video where the, you could really see the wind starting, starting to blow. And he, sorry, and uh, he would, you mentioned, uh, you know, the wind picking up and a few things about the yeah. hurricane. But he, he ended uh, his message, he said, God is with us. And that, that was the most incredible three words I think I'd ever heard. And it had such unbelievable power. And it just so re, it's, it brought me back to the center. Yes. That's what it did. Yeah. It brought me back to the center. When he just, those three little words, God is with, for us. Yes. God is with us. Yes, God is so, with us. So true. To share that. I think that goes along a lot with what you've said. Absolutely. Yeah, remember who we are. In the middle of that storm. God is, is. God is with us, final word. Amen. Amen. Enough said. God is with us. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. that I, I was so aware as you were speaking that the vast majority of the words that came out of your mouth were scripture, were the word of God. And that's just the seed going into each one of us. And it will produce a fruit. And so I wanted to thank you for that. Awesome. And then I wanted to say, is there anything else you want to say about the door? <laughs> okay. I'll say a few things before we close. Awesome. I'll wait till we close, but I'll say a few things about the door. Okay, cool. Awesome. I'm glad you have a passion for it, too. Oh, yeah. Passion for him. 
recently, I listened to the entire book of Acts while I was driving in New Orleans. And I never realized there was so much havoc in the book of Acts. Every chapter is a riot, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. If you look at almost every chapter, there's a riot. Right. And, and I was so awed. I didn't realize there was so much adversity in, in with the apostles. And I look back and, and I look in Revelation. It's even worse. So what's, what's happening in mankind from then to over here? You got any idea? As far as in our day now? Is there more adversity? Is more oh. chaos? It's grown from over here to over here? Yes, the answer is yes. Um, the scripture says that evil men will wax worse and worse, that the world will get worse, not better. Um, that these are just the signs. We talked a little bit about this last night. The signs of the end of this age. Um, that things will get so bad that even parents and children will be against each other. And um, that it will be a time of uh, a very self... Paul talks about very self-centeredness in the world. Everybody uh, for themselves kind of mentality. Uh, no one thinking about the interest of another... Paul talked about that. Uh, Paul says because, oh, Jesus said this, because sin will abound because of the, of the flesh, flesh uh, uh, having free reign just to do whatever, uh, that the love of many will grow cold. All of these are signs of the end of the age. And as the world gets darker and darker, it begins to adopt things as true that are not true. They call good evil and evil good. We see that happening every day. And so it'll continue to get worse and worse in the world. But the good news is, Isaiah said, the whole world shall be filled with darkness and, and gross darkness shall cover the people. But upon you, upon you who know Jesus, his light shall shine, arise and shine, for your light has come. And so in the same way, that the Israelis, when they were in Egypt, and the world around them because of the judgments of God on, on Egypt, were bringing darkness from the sun and all this. Scripture says there was light in the households of the Jews. The slaves that were in that world, but not of the Egyptian world, they were spared from all the plagues. And the light and the contrast was amazing among the Egyptians, even to the last plague of the death of the firstborn, that they put the blood on their, do their doorpost so that the death angel would not touch them. Their firstborn were saved, whereas the firstborn of the Egyptians died, and there was a wailing in Egypt. So in the same way, there'll be a contrast as we approach the end. It will be dark around the world, but... Those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits, the scripture says. It also says that those who understand, understand the mystery of God in Christ shall instruct others and lead many to the righteousness which is by faith, and they shall shine as the stars forever. That's what's happening right now. As you see the world getting worse and worse and worse as we approach the end of this world, end of this age, no man knows the day or the hour. 
but we can certainly know the, the signs of the times and the seasons. At the same time, we have a calling out of God's Spirit, calling His people to see the simplicity of Christ, to hold fast and firm, to believe and not doubt, not rest. I mean, not be un, in unrest, but to rest. And we see the gathering of saints encouraging each other as we see this day approaching. We see religion losing its sway because it's propped up on a faulty foundation. But yet you see the true believer gathering at homes and churches like this, encouraging each other, loving each other, helping each other. And that's the, the great contrast. So I think as we, as we approach the end, you'll see greater wars and rumors of wars, as Jesus said, great convulsions in the earth itself, physical convulsions, tsunamis, Jesus says, an increase in earthquakes, signs in the stars and the sun and the moon, all kind of things causing men who don't know God, to, their hearts to fail with fear, even heart attacks, because of the pressure, because they don't know God, they don't have hope. Jesus said this, interesting, he said, the waves of the sea roaring. Remember he said that? He said, the waves of the sea roaring. What's he talking about? He's talking about floods. He's talking about tsunamis, tidal waves. He says, the waves of the sea roaring in men's hearts, failing them for fear of what's coming on the earth. We've already seen that happen. Earthquake in the bottom of the ocean close to Indonesia created a tsunami. People were on the beach vacationing. And the tsunami comes and with little notice wipes out a big part of the country. We'll see more and more that Jesus said. This is just part of the end of this age. Which is why we need to encourage each other and live in that other realm through that door. Through, through the door he has given us to live in. For in this world we shall have trouble, Jesus said. But be of good cheer for he has overcome this, this world. This is not our home. As someone has said, we, we're just passing through. We're strangers and pilgrims in this world. And as we bear witness of him to all we can, to encourage people to believe also, we have peace, knowing that this is not our final destination. Absolutely. Pressure from the world and... That's one of the things the scripture says that in Daniel it says that in the end of days that the spirit of this world will seek to wear out the saints. Jesus even warned them about that before he left. He goes, I tell you before it happens so you won't be offended. He says, I tell you before it happens so you won't be offended and think it strange. As Peter says to the saints, he says, think it not strange the fiery trial you're going through. As if some strange thing. This is what we, this is, the, this is the mark that you don't belong to this world. This is the mark that you, are, that you belong to him. He says, it's a mark that the blessing of Christ rests upon you, Peter said. Because if the, if the, world, love, the world loves its own. So if the world doesn't love you, remember that it first didn't love me, Jesus said. If the world hates you, remember, Jesus said, it first hated me. And it will hate you because of me. For all those who follow me will be, will pers be persecuted. 
At the same time, he says, but there will also be those who will receive you because of me. Those who love me will love you, and you'll be encouraged by many of my people. So that's how I see it, it going from the prophets, from the apostles, from Jesus himself. These are the words from the scripture that we can see to make sense of what's happening around us. wanted to ask you about the controversy that's going on with the NFL and your take on that because I was thinking as Christians I want to pray that God could take that situation and turn it and use it for good and for for drawing attention to the Lord and I, I mean I know you're going to a college game today and but I want to just get your take on on what's going on and how we can pray as Christians sure no problem yeah thanks. well First thing is to not be overly pulled into this controversy among men, number one. Don't be overly pulled into a controversy among men that it's not really a big deal in God's mind, number one. Um, it's kind of like when they came to Jesus with, who do we pay taxes to, to, Ro to Rome? Do, do we pay taxes? You know, do we, should, we, should we pay taxes to Rome or not? And he goes, give me a coin. And he said, whose image is on this coin? And they said, that's Caesar. He goes, well, it must belong to Caesar then. So give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. You see, you see how he deflected that? Now, having said that, what the Holy Spirit tells me is the right thing to do or the, the thing that God, would, that God is pleased with is that every country should honor their country. It is the work of the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist wishes to destroy individual nations, destroy the allegiance of the people to their individual nations, so that they can be moved into one big world system and government. So any move toward America first or Americanism or, pop, or uh, encouraging people to respect the anthem and the flag of America and so forth rubs against the spirit of Antichrist. It is godly to stand and respect the anthem, to respect the flag, of our country, it is, it is a godly thing to, to do that. And if you want to protest some injustice in our country, which we have many, we're not perfect. We have many injustices and many causes and many problems. If you want to protest that, you do it some other way, but you don't do it by undermining the very country that you live in. So you respect the anthem, you stand, you respect the anthem, you respect the flag, you respect the country, and you work within the country to make it better. But you don't destroy the country. That's, that's, that's devilish. It began with Kaepernick. Colin, 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 Colin Kaepernick. It began with him. It, it happened after his girlfriend, who is a Muslim, converted him to Islam. This is all, this is all factual. 
His, his Muslim girlfriend converted him to Islam. Islam is set, dead set against this country. You'll see a lot of uh, Muslims not rise for the anthem. They'll sit in the stadium. Not all of them, but some of them. But there, many, of the, many of the Muslims, their intent is to, to enforce Sharia law, to bring Sharia law to this country, to change our country, to completely change the Constitution, to make Islam number one. The word Islam means to submit. So there's a hatred in Colin Kaepernick for this country. And it's well documented on Facebook and what he has said overseas. Well documented what he said about the 4th of July in America overseas. What he has said and done about America. It's well documented. So here's a guy who was converted to Islam, has this hatred for America, and he, so he doesn't stand for the anthem. And you got all these people following like sheep, doing the same thing. And it, and it started out, he claims it was about police brutality, and now it's about all kind of other things. And we find out that many of these so-called police brutality situations, like Ferguson and, and um, the, well, there's several, the one that happened in Orlando, and you had President Obama in, infuriating and inflaming this situation, coming to his podium and saying, like the Chicago police acted stupidly when they went into this house, Found out later, truthfully, they didn't do stupid, they didn't act stupidly at all. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. Every time he would inflame something and turn people, try to turn people against the police, they were exonerated in a court of law. The jury heard the facts and exonerated them every time. Every time that he tried to inflame it. So it's a spirit, of, it's, a, it's an antichrist spirit that wants to bring chaos and bring down America and so forth. So that's how it began. That's the seed of it. That's the seed. Colin Kaepernick started that. And now others who may have a good cause for injustice and a good, but they latched onto that and they were sucked into it. And now I sense that there's a change. There's a wind blowing. There's a change. Thanks to our President Trump who stead, stead, stood firm and said something about it. And now there's a change coming because oh, the scripture says, not scripture, not the scripture, but the... Uh, but the news says that uh, about 90% of the players stand for the anthem. 90% stand and honor the anthem, honor the flag, honor the country. It's only about 10% now. It used to be just not even less than 1% because it was Colin Kaepernick and a few others. Now it's about 10%. But still 90% respect the country. And what I hear is that the owners are now saying that we... This is, we made the wrong decision here. We need to, if you have a, a, a cause you want to promote or a protest you want to do, you do it on your own time. And so what I sense is happening now is that the word is going out that people came here to watch a football game and they expect you to honor your country and honor the, the flag and honor the anthem, the national anthem. And I think, I think that was a, it's going to be a huge win for our our country for President Trump and the way that he took the leadership to say something about it even though it was not politically correct to say something about it so anyway that's what I believe about it I, I believe that I wanted to preface that by saying this is not as big a deal as you might think in the, in the mind of God but then sharing my thoughts about it it is important to honor the individual country that, that you're in it's a, it's a safeguard. 
against the system of world government. Mm -hmm. See, nationalism is a good thing. Every country should honor their country. Ireland, England, you know, South Africa, whatever the country is, you need to honor your country and help it from within to be a better country, but not this mentality of trashing the national identity, open borders, let everybody in, let anybody, let, let, the, let the, the Muslims in everywhere and, and change the culture and change the, the mindset of, of, the, of the country toward Islam, toward Sharia law. It's all darkness. It's all darkness. And thank God President Trump is standing up against it. Didn't mean to get on my soapbox there, but it's just the truth, you know. It's just the, and that's why you know the people of America put him in office, and uh, the the liberal elites they don't get it, they don't understand it, but uh, it was an answer to prayer that he's that he's there. We need to, by the way, we need to keep praying for President Trump. As often as you think about him, pray for him, pray for wisdom, pray for protection. Pray that the schemes, the plans of the enemy to remove him from office, they're trying to remove him from office. They're trying to reverse the decision of the American people to put him in the office. They're trying to say it was, it was illegitimate because Russia was involved. The whole thing is bogus, completely bogus. So just keep praying that, that the very schemes, I think what's happening here, you know how Haman prepared the noose for, for um, what's his name? Mordecai, he prepared the noose for Mordecai and he ended up hanging on his own noose. That's what I'm praying is going to happen with all this investigation because you know, what they're ha you know what's happening. The more they investigate, the more they discover the illegality of the Obama administration. They're finding out that he's spied on people. I mean, it's, un it's an unprecedented where they, they have to do something about it. I mean, they're, they're uncovering all this criminal activity from Obama's administration. So I'm praying that the very noose they prepared for President Trump, that God will reverse that and move it, save him, and cause those who are really guilty to be exposed. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I think. What's that? Yeah. A lot of it's because it's God's hand is on President Trump. That's, that's a big part of it. But to, one of the reasons is, and I heard Rush Limbaugh say this, and I think he's right on. He said the reason why they so, why the establishment elite, which is composed of Republicans and Democrats, not just re Democrats, but Republicans and Democrats, the Republican elite, the Democrat elite, the media elite, those who have been basically running this country, no matter who gets elected, Democrat or Republican, they're still in charge. The big billion dollar donors behind the scenes that's given the money for all of this, that's pulling the strings, they've been running this country for decades. They, don't, they didn't care if Bill Clinton won or George Bush won. Bush, Clinton, back and forth, doesn't matter. Obama, doesn't matter. The only, the only time this has ever happened, at least in the last maybe 100 years, where a 
person arose from the people that was not beholden to donor money. They could not control him. The Republican elites could not control him. The Republican donors could not control him. They did their best to discredit him and destroy him. Republicans did their best to destroy him. Democrats could not control him. And he'd been in their, their games before, in their circles. He, know, he knew them. He was uniquely positioned by God, blessed by God with the riches to do this, with the wealth to do this, so that he wouldn't be beholden to anyone. He's an outsider, and he comes from the people speaking wisdom and common sense that cuts against the donor's agenda of one world government and control and immorality, too, promoting things that are immoral and so forth as, as common, as something the world should accept as common. All that whole attitude and spirit, he, President Trump comes up against that in the middle of that and rubs against all of that that's been in place for decades. If he is successful as an outsider, if he is successful as an outsider, to accomplish things in a three months or six months that they haven't been able to do in decades, if he is successful to speak common sense to a North Korean dictator and solve a problem that they've been kicking down the road for decades and, and actually paying him blackmail money and, and allowing him to build up his nuclear arsenal, if he's able to successfully take care of a problem like that, as an outsider, they will be devastated because then other outsiders will have the courage to go and try to do what they thought could not be done too. They must make him fail, Republicans and Democrats among the elitists, must make him fail so that no other outsider will ever dare try this again. He will succeed. God's hand is on him. And it will be an amazing thing when people see the common sense of the people will prevail and many, many, many will be exposed for their dishonesty, for their lack of authenticity, for being a puppet of the donor's class. And already many have already been exposed. And so we just need to keep praying because this is a... It's a myth that we have the Senate. We don't really have the Senate. We have, technically, on the paper, on the on, a, on paper, it says we have we have 52 Republicans, and technically, it says we have the majority. And because that is technically true, we get to head up all the committees and have a lot of control. But we don't really have the Senate yet. The primary session that's coming in here is the is the final step. We've got to primary some of these rhinos and these people that are part of this donor system. Get true patriots in there in the Senate. We've already got the House. And then his, President Trump's agenda is going to fly. Already the economy is bursting forth with all their resistance. Jobs are coming back. I talked to an electrician the other day, a good friend of mine in Orlando. He said under the Obama administration there was not enough work and now that he cannot do all the work, there's so much work going on right now in Orlando that you don't hear about. That, that's amazing. The, the work is, is getting better and better. And even in the midst of President Trump's 
being resisted by everybody. And with this tax program coming through, it's going to inject even more into the economy. I mean, it's amazing. It's a, it's a miracle we have him as our president. Yes. God prepared him. God prepared him for this 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 hour. He he's a tough New Yorker in the construction business of New York City. Doesn't get any tougher with the competition, with the regulations, with the politicians, with the with the just the 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 culture of New York. Dog eat dog, New York. And God prepared him all this time to be tough, but be fair, to be strong, and and now he's in the White House. Oh yeah. And she loves Jesus. She's uh, Paula White is a is Paula White's considered her pastor, good friend of Paula White, and uh, yes. And not to mention the people that pray. You know, there's Bible studies going on in the White House that have never happened in, I think, in decades. Even under Bush, there were not Bible studies going on. So um, that's awesome. There's a lot of spiritual people praying and encouraging him. It's just, it's just amazing. We live in a great moment here that we just need to keep praying. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, if you want to. This is from Isaiah 48, and I felt like when I read this last week that the Lord was talking about President Trump. It says, the Lord's chosen ally will carry out his purposes against Babylon. You know, he talked about, yes. about Babylon in, in uh, Jer Jerusalem. The, the verse is uh, 14, 40, Isaiah 48, 14. It Babylon, says, yes. uh, the, chosen, the Lord's chosen ally will carry out his purpose against Babylon. His arm will be against the Babylonians. I, even I, have spoken it. Yes, <coughs> yes I have called him. I will bring him. And he will succeed in his mission. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, James. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's uh, stand, and uh, we will uh, be dismissed. Uh, uh, there's a basket back uh, on the little uh, stool, so if you'd like to uh, give a love offering for James and put it in there, we'll make sure that he gets it. Uh, and... Um, Tomorrow morning, uh, we'll have another dynamic speaker here, yes. if you're interested. Yes. Uh, and he comes to you at little and no cost. Uh, and that would be me. <laughs> James, thank you for coming. We appreciate you being here. You're always a blessing. This pulpit is always open to you whenever you're in town. Thank you, brother. And uh, maybe you'll be in. No, you won't be here for the Alabama game because it won't be here. I know. Uh, no, sad to say. All right. Uh, Father, we thank you for uh, the gift that you have bestowed upon our friend James Barron, that he can uh, expound upon the Word of God in such a way 
that complicated things become clear under the gift and the anointing that you've given to him. Father, let the words that have been spoken uh, take root and uh, grow uh, within us and that we might be, as uh, he painted so uh, beautifully this morning, that we might be the growing mustard seed, growing into the fullness that should have us to be. Watch over us, take care of James as he goes up to Baton Rouge, give him uh, good fellowship with his uh, uh, graduates that he'll be meeting with in that reunion and at the law school. Let the game uh, be pleasant and joyful for him. Uh, and take him back home to his wife Cindy at, and his son at the appropriate hour. Blessing for having blessed us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. In the name of the Lord.